Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. I didn't really think it was anything at first, so I didn't really put much into it. You know, he's a tough kid. And then when it came back Tuesday night and they sat down and went to the hand specialist and they came back and I said, okay, this is real. That is Jaguars coach Doug Marone. <laughs> I can't even like that. I can't keep, No, but whatever, man. Austin has dropped his literal head in the studio in disgust. Whatever, man. I mean, it's, not, it's not disgust. It's just like, what? All right. I mean, I mean listen, I'm just... Uh, here... Oh, I, don't know, I don't know how to phrase this. It's just like you're the starting quarterback who the season was all about. Apparently has a couple fractures in his hand and some other types of damage. Now, how severe is that? We still don't know, and maybe we'll find out one day. Regardless of that, though, if if you notice that he, you know, after the game, that yeah, we saw what he say Tuesday, like he had he issued it a little bit. Like I don't know, man. Just once again, the, the, I guess as a communication, 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 communication. Like that's what I'm trying to beat around the bush here a little bit. Like. I get Gardner Minshew was was trying to you know be a rebel here and say I don't care if it's broken it's still my job I'm not going anywhere but at the same time if you're a coach and you see him you know overthrow balls or not be himself like you gotta ask those questions like that kind of dialogue happens all the time in a locker room like if I had a one bad game and I was 100% healthy but let's say like I made some plays I don't usually make in terms of not being the right assignment or I miss a tackle you better believe I had a position coach going to be like hey. Everything okay with you? Like, what was that game? You better believe I had a defensive coordinator after that position coach would be like, hey, are you okay? What's going on with you right now? So I just hope that dialogue, you know, took place and Minshew lied about it. But once again, Brent, we're just talking about just the lack of communication. And when I hear things like that, when I hear quotes like that, I got to put my head in my arms and just kind of say, what are we doing here? Yeah, I am still kind of flabbergasted at the entire week's events when it comes to this injury and and all the details of it, which we don't fully know, but some of the details of it and the timeline of it. More on that in a moment. I do want to give away right now uh, tailgaters parking for this Saturday's game, Georgia-Florida game here in Jacksonville. Now, the lots around the stadium are not open, but the tailgaters parking lot is open for tailgating before the game. And... Uh, we're to give one away, uh, one of those passes away right now. 904-362-9901. 904-362-9901. Caller number three. And you get a parking pass to the tailgaters parking area. Uh, I think there's a value of like 120 bucks on that, uh, parking pass. So, uh, give us a buzz. There it is. 904-362-9901. So Which number are we going with? Number. Uh, nine zero four. Phones are off the hook right number now. Caller. Nine nine zero. Oh, number three. Sorry. <laughs> As the phones are off the hook right now, Stewart's is trying to manage. Uh, it's, it's been a heck of a day for Stewart Brent, to say the least. Yeah, he's got some uh, uh, fires he's putting it out. He's good yeah. at that, though. He's good at that. He's doing a great job. Seamless from here. I can't see the stress level on Weber's face. Yeah. So I can't tell, and I think he's doing a great job. Well, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. Calm, cool. Collected and saw the smile on his face, so I'm impressed. Listen, you gotta anytime, be. Hey, listen, this if, sort of if, uh, position. If We're diamonds Weber, over here. Pressure if, making diamonds. <laughs> yeah, My man. If Weber starts, just if he goes off the rails, okay. just tell him this. Just say, hey, Coos handles this all the time, man. 
And then, <laughs> see, that will jump him up and be like, okay, well, I can't be like this. I mean, and, I, I got to be better than Coop. Well, listen, he, he can't defend himself right now because he's on the phone, but I want, I, we got to bring this up real quick. So, obviously, we had some audio issues, uh, you know, a couple segments ago where I guess the audio wasn't working on social media. Now, Brent. I'm not saying that this was a sabotage job or an inside job, but we talked about Todd Gurley going in the end zone on purpose. It just leads me to believe, did somebody set this up, <clears throat> Kuz, on purpose to kind of falter a little bit where it's like, hey, you guys better bring me back because you guys need me. Pay me some more money. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Um, it could be. I I heard that the feed, um, with at least the sound went off. There's a little button that went went out for a little bit. I don't know how long that was. So, yeah. but they solved the problem. Listen, these things happen. We're on the road. Uh, Stewart hasn't done a lot of this. Probably wasn't even Stewart's fault. There's probably something Coos did Friday during the high school blitz scoreboard show and didn't turn back on. Well, that's that what or, I think probably. Okay. Happened. Well, listen, and I'm not trying to point fingers here or make accusations, and I'm not sure if it's because I've been reading all this political stuff on Twitter the past couple of days. But I'm just saying, Coos Coos may have he may have uh, you know predetermined this a little. Bit. I don't want to say that he set us up a little bit, but I'm kind of saying he set us up a little bit, a la Todd Gurley. <laughs> uh, he might have. Um, by the way, is there an election tomorrow? Uh, that's what I heard. That's what I heard. <laughs> You know, I mean, do we, do, do, do we have plans in place? Like, what's the show? What are we doing with the show tomorrow? What's going I don't on know. here? Like, can we or is that Wednesday? Day off? Well, I don't know. Day off tomorrow? Hey, I'm not gonna lie. So, how much politics are we talking tomorrow on the show? I mean, you know, you know what the funny thing is too, is remember how I mentioned on the show that I haven't got a political tweet yet. Yeah, well, now you've got like listen, said in the last two I'm days. I'm not sure if Big Brother's listening or what, man. But yeah, seriously, in the past like three or four days, I've gotten about 20 different numbers texting me, hey, make sure you go out there and vote, make sure you go, well, I already voted, number one. But now they're asking me to come over there and hand out water as well. Like, using my name, saying, hey, I'm friends with so-and-so, don't know who the so-and-so is. I, I guess he's running for office, something like that. I don't know, I, whatever. Uh, not not like the presidential office, but I'm talking about like the, you know, the whatever local office. office, yeah, the local <laughs> office. I mean, listen, man, I have a lot of, I have a lot of time. I brought up a little bit. I'm focusing, I'm focusing with the big dogs right now more than the local stuff. <laughs> not not the soil all... and uh, soil and water conservation board. And I'm not gonna lie, and this is gonna sound really bad, and maybe we should delete this when I say this. But the, yeah, the soil, the soil conservation people. I literally just looked at their pictures, didn't read anything about them because some people didn't even have bios. So I'm like, all right, I'm going off pictures here. Who seems kind of like they're a hippie a little bit? Who's in the soil? Who's in the environment? I'm going with you. Well, regardless of that, though, Brent, I'm getting asked to hand out water now at polling stations tomorrow. Any soil, though? Just water. No, no, it's just water. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what you got to do. Uh, you going to go hand out water at the polling station? I, th- I think it's during the show hours, so unfortunately, uh, you know. You're not going to do it? I'm a working man. D- don't, don't say it like that. Did you say, <laughs> did did you say live remote? Do, live, oh, remote, do that. live remote from the polls tomorrow. Let's we do can it. do that. Here right. at the Unconquered Golf Tournament on Monday and the polls on Tuesday. We're everywhere. Uh, we talk some politics uh, tomorrow on the show <laughs> and how it impacts sports. Like, we haven't done that for the last six months. I don't think we have, no. no Not at we, all. We don't need to do that. Uh, I will give you. I want me to share my voting story today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Let's hear it. Or non-voting story. Uh-oh. So I'm like, hey, I plan on I'm going to go vote on Monday. Okay. That's why I was just like, all right. I'm gonna, I, I basically said it Thursday or Friday, whatever. I said, okay, we'll go do that. And so Steph and I uh, got up this morning, and the polling place is about three-mile walk from our house. So we're like, let's go walk. It's a nice day. Oh, wow. So we go walk down to the polling uh, the polling place that was uh, an old Earth Fair, right? Yeah, Remember? yeah, yeah. That's yeah. where I voted, and they've and they've turned it into um, a voting. Um, 
precinct. Is that what you call it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Polling sure. location, sure. Location. Uh, the uh, We get there. And Steph's like, why is there – usually there's people in tents and stuff and telling you who to vote for and with Trump and Biden signs or all this stuff. Yeah. I was like, yeah, well, you know, we're close to the election now. It's early Monday morning. They're, they're, saving, they're saving all their ammunition <laughs> for tomorrow. Holy weekend, man. People are so hungover, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They're saving it for tomorrow. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't think this is open. Like, maybe it's not open. So oh, we keep no. walking up. We get to the door. Closed. It, wow. Early early voting ended yesterday, apparently. Oh, sure no. Did. Yep, it sure did. Early voting ended yesterday. I didn't realize that. Didn't know that. Thought I was doing uh, my civic duty yeah. a day early. Yeah. And so we took a – it was a long walk. Yeah. For no vote. Well, yeah, that's that's a long, that's a long six mile walk for nothing. <laughs> I, uh, I'm gonna be honest, man. And listen, this is coming from me who has never like planned out anything in his life, right? Like I'm just I'm trying to make it till tomorrow, right? I don't have time to plan things out. But actually, I planned it out like two months ago, where I got like you know the mail-in ballot, whatever. I got like the early ballot. So oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. So so they sent that to me. You took and the I, lazy route. I took the lazy route. But I guess hey, it's still the route. We still have the same destination unless hey, they end up in some kind of garbage bag. No, man, I drove my car like a mile away to the, you know, by the YMCA, dropped it off, in and out, got a sticker, didn't post it on social media, so I'm not sure if it actually counts as my vote or not. But yeah, I mean, that was a pretty made easy a process. voting plan. Yeah. Here's, here's the question Unlike I have, Martin, right? Now. Yeah. It, this is what I say about all the folks that, like, you know, you see them, you go through these towns, some in, right here in Jacksonville, too, but I've, like, on the way to travel tournaments, uh, yeah. on a Saturday morning, you see all these people with political signs up on the corners, and yeah. I'm like, wow, I can't believe these people spend this much time, like, pushing this. <laughs> We're, like, a month out still. For sure. I mean, we see enough political ads. This is like, the Super Bowl tomorrow. Running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, we know who is running, right? Yeah. And, uh... So, uh, and my reaction is always like, do you really think Joe Biden or Donald Trump would stand on the corner for you? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. So now I ask this question. Would Joe Biden or Donald Trump have walked six miles for me? <laughs> Brent's vote should call like for 10%. He should cover 10% of the, whole, the entire vote, Brent. I mean, would six they have miles. walked six miles for Brent Martineau? You know what? My guess is no. Probably not, man. Probably not. And I don't think listen. either of them physically could walk six miles. Yeah, well, that's true. Oh, wow. Walker, maybe. Shots fired by Stewart. <laughs> They're both old. What do you want from yeah, them? By the way, uh, just a, a uh, little bit of information for anyone who hasn't voted yet. Just so you know, early voting, you can go to any location, but make sure if you go actually vote on Tuesday, tomorrow, your actual voting day, you have to go to your actual precinct. Unlike early voting, yes. where you can go to any open polling location, call on actual election day, you have to go to your precinct. That's awesome. Yes. They, I, that's, I, I, I will be doing that. that tomorrow now. <laughs> so so look been, up what it is, because it's not the Earth Fair. Well, yeah. and you know what, Brent? You want to talk about standing well, uh, I know where it is. Yeah. But you want to talk about you know what, taking a three-mile walk back and forth. You might be taking a pretty big line wake now, too, depending on when people are going to be there. So you better get yeah, there pretty I early. about that. I'm do sure you think it'll be, be super busy tomorrow? Stuart, what do you think? I think actually because of the the large number of early voters and mail-in voters, I think you actually will be pleasantly surprised. I I feel like the the numbers across the country on both sides of the, the aisle yeah. have been really high. So yeah. uh, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Well, and I'm going to be honest. And then this is, I guess, where my jealousy comes a little bit about politics. Like as you know, like I mean, I follow it, but I'm not like hardcore. I'm not like tweeting about it and stuff like that. But, like, to me, this is, like, the ultimate sporting event tomorrow, right? Like, you have two sides, exactly. and obviously yep. there's very passionate fans on each side. But, like, I guess what kind of bums me out a little bit as I take a self, you know, I take a look at myself in the mirror a little bit is, like, 
I can never be passionate about anything the way these people are passionate about, you know, they're the guys that are going to run for president. And as bad as that sounds, um, I guess, from my perspective, because it is an important decision, everyone's vote should matter. But, like, listen, I'm a diehard Brewers fan, but I'm not going to go to the parade and stand outside for four hours if they win a World Series. It's going to be cold, probably, number one. And number two, I got other things to do, like... And like, I guess that kind of bums me out a little bit because these people are so passionate on both sides. And guess what? It's great. I mean, I, I'm all for it. I encourage it. But like, it's hard for me to come along with it just because I'm just like, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm still going to live my life, man, regardless of what happens. And you guys are out here for four hours, five hours of pop, just spreading your heart and joy and everything. It's just, it's crazy to comprehend that, Brent, I guess. Yeah. I, by the way, that's a great comparison too, because I believe that in sports too. I Like, I love it. I, I think... The people that do that in sports make sports great. Yeah. Right? Um, I'm just not one of them. Like, I wouldn't do that. Like, I, I wouldn't. I, yeah. I would. I would. I have no desire to ever go to the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, the New Year's Parade in New York. Um, and I have no desire to go to, like, the Boston Red Sox World Series Parade. <laughs> that's what I'm because saying. Because I don't want to be around all that many people. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that's what so. I'm saying, bro. Like, listen, and I have a Brewers tattoo, okay? Like, I'm a diehard, man. Like, I'm in this for life right now. And I'm so not going to go to the, the parade if they ever win it. Right? Like, I get, like, yeah. how, how many Biden tattoos or how many Trump tattoos do you see? Probably not that many. I got a Brewers <laughs> tattoo, and I'm here to tell you. You know what? I might go for an hour, show face, but I'm going to be out there the whole day cheering for the Brewers, I'm going to celebrate in the confines of my own home and do my own thing. Yeah, I appreciate that too. Uh, but uh, you know, the folks are passionate, and, and I appreciate. Uh, it. I'm jealous. Like a, it's going to be like a sporting event tomorrow. Uh, yeah. You know, Ty asked me, he's like, "So what? Like, how does it go on TV?" Well, we know it. Like, I was like, "Well, Ty, let me tell you something." <laughs> it Sometimes is, it is they call the, it too soon. Yeah, it is one of the few <laughs> things in the world of news that we can actually relate to in sports. <laughs> It really is. It, it has become. Listen, the debates have become a bit of a sporting reality show. That's kind the weigh-in, by the way. The debates and, are like yeah, the, the weigh-in. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. And the TV is fantastic tomorrow night. Oh, I mean, the TV is fantastic. Like, uh, uh, you know, it really is. Now it probably. I mean, depending if you're like Yankees, Red Sox on this stuff, which a lot of people are, which I'm not. Yeah. I know a lot of people are Yankees, Red Sox on this stuff. I'm, I'm not. So I'm kind of like watching with. Like popcorn out, man. I mean, like it's. Yeah. I'm ready to go tomorrow night, and I wonder when we will know. Like I was trying to tell Ty that because he asked the question, and I was. Like, I don't know when we'll know. Like I don't know if we'll know on tomorrow night, or maybe you know, maybe you do know. Maybe there's a, enough of a a, a victory, yeah. um, by one or the other that you know. But it feels like the last few elections there hasn't been that. So um, heck, it could go into the wee hours in the morning. I I think. Uh, what was the one they called? What was the one they called wrong? That kind of changed the whole landscape. Was that Bush and, come on, whatever, 1,400? Yeah, <laughs> I was looking at something else. What, do you, what were you saying? Uh, who, what was the one they, they called uh, too early? Was it uh, 2004? Was that Gore? I don't know. I think it was. But they, so anyway, Stuart I remember say saying, <laughs> I stayed up, hotel, hey, man. listen, I'm, I stayed I'm up as like. as apolitical as it gets. I stayed up like a hurricane was about to hit Jackson. <laughs> I mean, like. I, I stayed up till like 3.30 in the morning. I, I'll never forget it. Of course, I can't even remember who was running, but it was yeah. terrific. Yeah, like, yeah, it was yeah. like, oh, my gosh, I don't know who's going to win. And I mean, it was like the great – it was a great sporting event. It really was. And, yeah. listen, I'm not trying to make light of it. I understand there are big issues and all that. But, For uh, sure, there definitely is. It is uh, – it, it's going to be a wild day tomorrow. We might talk a little bit – What I, I do have this question tomorrow, and think about this over the next day. Does this uh, election impact sports at all? 
in, in the in the uh, interim, you know, in in the immediate uh, at all. Um, and I, I I think my convers my thought on that is could it impact sports in terms of the pandemic mm. and how it's treated and uh, whether things shut down a little bit more, stay open a little bit more, any of those things. But it might be even deeper than that. It might be outside the pandemic that it could impact sports. I wonder, especially since sports has certainly been so prominent in getting people to vote, um, certainly during this campaign uh, with the message out there. So uh, we'll have a little bit more on that, but I promise we, we will give you a reprieve from politics tomorrow, <laughs> yeah. uh, at least for a few hours for the most part. Uh, so sorry to even go there today. Brent Martineau here at San Jose Country Club at the Unconquered Golf Tournament. Uh, a lot of Florida State fans out here, a lot of garnet and gold. Let me talk a little FSU in just a moment. I teased this a while ago, Austin Lane, back in the Action Sports Jack Studios, uh, a little refresh on Gardner Minshew in the Jake Luton situation. Jake Luton will practice with the ones all week. He has essentially been named the starter without being named the starter for Sunday's game. Mm. Doug Marone's going with him instead of Mike Glennon. Uh, Minshew, meanwhile, you brought up before we, we gave away the tailgate uh, passes and talked about the polls. Uh, the communication, man, on this whole Minshew thing, I'm still at a loss with it. I still don't know exactly what happened. Did he really exacerbate the injury that much Sunday that then all of a sudden it started to swell up? So, therefore, you go to the hand specialist, you take the x-rays, you tell the team about it? Uh, so was he was playing with this, but it was maybe mild mm. the, the previous couple weeks. Is, is that kind of your assumption? Yeah, I, I mean, I guess. But once again, knowing Minshew, it, it could have been bad the entire time. And it finally just got to the point where it was like, dude, I can't do this. And, you know, like, I mean, it's, I don't know. I don't know like, if you thought that maybe he had the bye week to rest it where he could come back right away. I'm, I'm not really sure what the plan was, right? I, I think, you know, overall, it's it's the desperation of, of a desperate man where it's like, listen, man, I'm trying to, um, you know, like, this is essentially my livelihood on the line right now, and I need to do everything in my power to make sure that I still have this job. So I think there's some of that. But at the same time, once again, there 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 had to be some kind of dialogue regarding his performance, whether it was the hand or not. Just any time that you have rough games, coaches come up to you. And I have a hard time believing that Minshew was just going to say, you know what, I'm not going to get treatment on it. I'm not going to get any ice on it. I'm just going to I'm just going to do what I do, not even address it, and then go out there and play. Like he had to have gotten some kind of treatment. And if that was the case, well, then there should be a dialogue between you know the, the athletic trainers and the coaches and Minshew and and everybody. So it's just it's once again it's chalked up to lack of communication. And like we've said countless times on the show, when you have lack of communication, that is not a recipe for success. Yeah, I really think this screams of lack of communication somewhere along the line. Player, trainer, coach, QB coach, offensive coordinator, teammates, uh, somebody, right? Uh, it's just it, it's just too messy, man. It's just too messy. Well, it, it, yeah. it shouldn't. The reports that are coming out, agent, by the way, obviously getting involved in this somewhere along the way. And we still really don't have a defined like answer on okay how long is he going to be out is it four to six weeks is it two yeah. weeks i mean well, what is going on now and listen brent and i don't want to start anything i don't want to like create rumors or anything like that like, th that's not my job i don't take pride in that but i think the question should be brought up a little bit like do you sense there was some frustration from the receiver room right with garner Minshew these past couple games you have to ask yourself the question does some of that frustration come from the standpoint of did they know that his hand was a little banged up and he didn't say anything about it 
Yeah, it's a good point. Hey, we'll be back. Talk a little FSU. I mean, we got pretty good FSU audience out here. Might as well talk a little bit about the Knowles. Yeah. Up next, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. And some big NFL topics coming out of the weekend. Brent Martineau. Well, listen, if we wanted to just bump WWE by like a half hour or a few minutes, yeah. we should have just rolled your your highlight tape. Austin Lane. Oh, and there it is. And now Brent's playing ball. All of a sudden, Chapman throwing some high heat at me. Watch out for that suspension, Brent. Real quick, though. <laughs> Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Uh, and I told the team this yesterday, I really appreciated the the, uh, the mindset and the approach through the bye week. Uh, I definitely think that we've improved and we've uh, you know, taken positive strides in, in, in a lot of the areas that we needed to, to see improvement in. Um, and you know, now we've got to continue to apply that through the course of this week. And uh, you know, you know, it has to show up there uh, come Saturday afternoon. That is Mike Norvell, Florida State head football coach, talking about uh, coming off this bye week for the Knowles, two and four, three and four. Pittsburgh up next for Florida State. How will they look uh, coming off the bye? Of course, you can hear that game right here on ESPN 690. Official station here in Jacksonville of Florida State football and basketball. We are at the Unconquered Golf Tournament. Unconquered Invitational. Bunch of Florida State fans uh, here and uh, playing some golf at San Jose Country Club. You know, they just opened up San Jose Country Club October 17th. They just did a whole renovation, regrassed the greens and the tee area and the fairways. Uh, this is an awesome Donald Ross golf course uh, design. Uh, super greens. And I haven't played here in forever. Did not play today, by the way. Somebody said, hey, would you shoot? How'd you hit it? Yeah. Well, I didn't. So I uh, didn't play today. and uh, But they just uh, opened it back up. And that's what some of the courses did, you know, during this pandemic is they whether it was timed or not some people did a little more because of the pandemic uh and and shut everything down while it was going on but meanwhile like public golf courses of uh, most of them did really well during the pandemic and continue to do so uh so anyway this is going to be one of the first events here at san jose country club since they reopened and and uh rave reviews from the folks that are here uh for this unconquered golf tournament all right here's the deal man uh, listen florida state is Florida State in 2020. Nothing, not a lot's changing. And I think the Jordan Travis said today he's 100% uh, healthy. Uh, Tamori and Terry might not be able to go still. They're trying to get him back. Yeah. Uh, he's been banged up. Kenny Pickett for floor, uh, sorry, for Pittsburgh, uh, still not practicing. And they're a different team, Pittsburgh is, without their quarterback, uh, like many are. I still feel like I can't believe I'm, I'm saying this because if you look at the statue, like, what are you, ki- you kidding, man? He's a freshman who came in through nine passes and didn't complete one. Yet I'm still enamored with playing a little bit more of Chubba Purdy and seeing what they have. Uh, I, I, I think Jordan Travis is okay. I think he's added a different dynamic. I think he's done a nice job. It's important that he's healthy. But I still think uh, playing this kid, he, he looked... There was something that looked a little different about him, and I thought his receivers failed him more than he failed them. I would like to see over the remainder games of the year, he would get a little play in time here to see what he's all about. Yeah, I get where you're coming from here. At the same time, though, I think if you're Florida State right now, you're under pressure, right? Because you have to win these ball games. Now, Pitt, in their own right, I think right now, too, the biggest has as a pick'em game. Um, 
Pitt's a very competitive team, right? They're they're not they're not necessarily like the, the sexiest team, but they're kind of a meat and potatoes type team. They generally try to stay close in these games and things like that. I think with Jordan Travis now, you know what you have. You have a serviceable guy um, that can do his thing and and put up some points on the scoreboard. I think with Purdy, obviously, that's more of the boomer bust pick. And if you're Mike. Norvell right now, you gotta ask yourself, what are we trying to get out of this? Like, I understand with Purdy, you can see what you have for the future. With Jordan Travis, it's the right now. But you have to ask yourself, how important are these last few games gonna be to winning? And I think they're everything right now. I think to, to save that Florida State brand, to preserve that, because let's be honest, um, you got a great game against UNC, you come against Louisville and get blown out of the, out, out of the stadium essentially. So I feel like this game right here and the NC State game coming up next week, uh, or the following week, they're important games games for the brand. So I get what you're trying to say, but at the same time, I might go with the more sure thing right now in Jordan Travis. Yeah, and I think that's what they're going to do, by the way. I mean, they are going to ride with him. And again, if he's healthy, that makes a difference, too. He's been banged up the last couple times out. And and he does some good things. He leads him in rushing, leads him in passing. And he's, a, he's got a different dynamic. I still don't really think he's much of a threat to throw the ball, especially with Murray and Terry out, too. Um, I just, I'm not afraid of that if I'm a defense. I just like the little flash of what I saw from Chubba Purdy, and, and you've got to start figuring it out, kind of like these guys here in Jacksonville are trying to figure it out. A little different. You don't have to worry about draft picks, and you can still win games and, and build momentum. So I get what you're saying. I think W's are important for Mike Norvell, too. Yes. This would be a nice one to get for them. Coming off the bye, try to figure things out, because it was disappointing against Louisville. I mean, after the high of North Carolina, that little momentum built even in a loss against Notre Dame, the high of North Carolina, who obviously wasn't the fifth-ranked team in the country, but still was a good win for Norvell and Florida State. And then to go back and just give it up like that against Louisville and kind of go back in the tank the way they looked early on, that was uh, just disappointing, I think, probably for all these Florida State fans here uh, that, that you're seeing behind me. And... Now if they could just go rescue it with a win and come off the bye and still playing strong, this is all about Norvell and building a program and his culture. And I think uh, I'm going to continue to say it. Effort and improved offense are the biggest keys to the remainder of this season for FSU. No, absolutely. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly because let's be honest right now. The difference between this team and when Tager was there, like, listen, with Tager, guys were lined up properly, penalty after penalty after penalty. I think at least with this team right now we're seeing it's a little more discipline right so i think we're seeing a florida state team that they understand the dynamics of football now they has got to convert and play together as a team right and we still see sometimes guys are not in the right places um you know their defense has given up a lot of points things like that but i think they're on the right track now maybe that's just wishful thinking um or not but i just think i feel like they're on the right track now like you said you have to progress you have to progress you have to progress and let's keep in mind too that they have a bigger game towards the end of the season against clemson obviously a lot of people will be watching that one, but this game against Pitt right now against a very solid Pittsburgh team, uh, th- th- this this game is big in their own right, too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Florida State uh, right here on ESPN 690, of course, your home for Florida State football and basketball. Four o'clock Saturday, Pittsburgh and Florida State. Uh, let's talk some big NFL topics real quick. Hey, Pittsburgh, are they the best team in the NFL? I know the record says so, but are they the best team in the NFL? <laughs> Man, um... Yeah, I have to give it to them because, listen, they're, they're wide receivers, and you didn't get to really showcase them this past Sunday. But they have the receivers. They have their running game. Obviously, they have the defense to back it up now. Keep in mind, Tyson Alualu had a little bit of an injury. I'm not sure how long he's going to be out for. I think Tewitt might have got hurt, too, during that game. So they, they took a couple shots down the defensive line. 
But, man, you, you want to talk about a complete team and pretty good quarterback play? Uh, the, the Steelers right now are the complete team. Yeah, they – well, I tell you, man, <laughs> I watch Baltimore and I watch Pittsburgh play, okay? And here's what jumps out at me. This is what jumped out of my thought of the weekend is go find – the Jags need to find a culture builder and communicator if they make this wholesale change, which many anticipate. They need to find that. They, it, and, and it's interesting, right, if I say that, because they kind of tried to hire that a little bit with Gus in the culture builder. Sure. You know, it comes from the Pete Carroll way. But obviously they didn't win enough, and the talent wasn't there, and they waited too long, and, and maybe Gus just wasn't good enough. I mean, record proved that too. But I just the whole thing didn't add up. You can't take four years to build it up, you know. Um, so, I, and then I would say from a like culture builder wasn't necessarily Coughlin, but you knew what was expected, you know. So I don't know if that was building the culture, but you knew what the culture was, uh, at least in 17. I look at these two teams, though, and, and you do look at Seattle a bit, and just these teams that just know how to win. It doesn't matter. Lamar Jackson didn't even play well, man. Lamar Jackson played awful, and they still had a chance at the end. You know, Pittsburgh on the road in Baltimore, they don't need to win that game. I mean, they're already undefeated. Man, they're ready to go when they hit them in the mouth and they matched every physical intensity that, that the Ravens could give them, and they still figure it out. So I, that's what I left that game watching. I was like, man, they got to find this. I mean, the Jags have got to commit to that, find that, and, and keep their fingers crossed that whoever they hire can do that. Yeah, I mean, listen, we talked about the greatness of Mike Tomlin even last year. When when you lose James Conner for a while, you lose your number one receiver in Schmidt-Schuster. Um, obviously, you lost Big Ben for the season. You had these guys that nobody heard of before playing quarterback, and they still found a way to win eight games. Not because of the talent on the field. And granted, they saw their defense, but it was more because of just that culture that Mike Tomlin has done. And keep in mind, too. Even though like the season seemed like it was going to be a wash when Big Ben went down, they were still trying to make trades. Like They still had it in their mind that the end goal was a Super Bowl, even without Big Ben. like That's the type of, of culture building, the type of head coaching that you want in Jacksonville. I think it, it raises the question a little bit, Brent, right? Because we've heard like Lincoln Riley. You know, we, we, we've heard... Dabble Swinney a little bit, like you know, the, the the there's a lot of I guess schools of thought that say, hey, the next great coaches they're coming from college. It's these offensive-minded guys. I guess it begs the question though: Do you think that these offensive-minded guys from college, maybe these quote-unquote younger guys, these player-friendly guys, are they good culture builders in the NFL? Yeah, I I don't know, but my mind went there. Okay, if I think culture builder, I think of college coaches, and and I think of those guys that know how to do that. I don't know if it translates all the time. Fair question. I think it's also building the right culture. Listen, Urban Meyer builds cultures, but I'm not really sure you like what you have five years later. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, seriously, no, I mean, no, he's you're right. That. Yeah. And now, Dabo Swinney, if you look at what he's done, and, and he might done, and he might be a little dadgum, and you know. Golly gee, to, for you, but that thing that Clemson wasn't even on the map, man. I mean, they weren't even on the map anymore. They hadn't been for 25 years, maybe more. Yeah. And and what he's been able to build and do, right? And I do think you can do more of that at the collegiate level. It's easier to do it at the collegiate level. It's not easy, but it's easier. And so, 
my mind does go to college uh, when I think about it because I think what you've said about the NFL in the past is is kind of is well probably true and and it bleeds into this kind of conversation is okay you're going to go get somebody who's been around the NFL game and they're going to go hire people that they like and their yeah. buddies and and the network that exists well what are you doing you're just like re cycling everything, yep. right? And seeing, hey, maybe it will work here even though it didn't work great here. Or maybe it worked for a year, but now let's see if it can go work over there. That's what they do in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I, this thing needs a reset. This thing needs an absolute reset. And by the way, the perfect timing potentially for a college guy to come in is right now because you have such a young football team. You know, it almost reminds me a bit of Brad Stevens in the Celtics. You know, Brad, Steve, call. Brad Stevens couldn't have walked in to Oklahoma City and, and done what he it has and do what he's done. In my opinion, you had Russell Westbrook and Durant and and older guys. Well, in Boston, they got so young, and they were kept getting young, and they had all these draft picks that it was like it was just an extension of college for those guys, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. And so it fit, it worked. And so now, I, as I start to look at these, I don't know who it is. I don't know that they got to find it. I mean, that's what Shot Khan is tasked with here: is making the right move potentially. Again, I mean, listen, nobody's lost their job yet, but it's trending this way that it's going to be a reset in Jacksonville, um, and. If they do, I, I just watched that Baltimore a game in Week Eight, and it felt like it was the AFC Championship game. You know? Yeah. I mean, they've got to find that here. Yeah. And, you know, listen, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you, and I think one would think that if you go in the younger direction of a head coach, well, that guy can kind of you know relate to the players better, and in doing so, if so facto, can uh, create the culture that you're you know you're so desperately seeking. At the same time, though, I have to raise the question, like, if you look at the past Super Bowl champions, right, and I'm talking about the Kansas City Chiefs, the Patriots, the Eagles, uh, the Broncos, you know, uh, the Seahawks, uh, the Ravens, um, they all have older coaches, you know, that, that have been doing it for a while, that that have their fair share of experience. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, we have guys like Sean McVay who, who have been to Super Bowls before, but they haven't won the big game. Right, like Mike Shanahan, he's been to a Super Bowl before, but he didn't win the big game. And he was a coordinator, obviously, there too, as well. Uh, right? Was he coordinator or head coach? Shanahan. He was the coordinator. He was the coordinator. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, he still had a big influence on that team. Yeah. So, I guess my point is, man, do you think outside the box? Do you go in the young direction and say, let's change this thing around? Or do you go with the status quo and go with the older guy and say, hey, well, listen, look look who the champions have been before. Now, I think Mike, Mike Tomlin could be a little bit of an outlier because he was young when he got that gig. Um to be fair, but at the same time, like, you know, I, th- I consider more of like the older school kind of uh, take no nonsense kind of guy. So, uh, you know, personality is big here. And I think when the season's done for the Jackson Jaguars, we've got to have a serious conversation about what type of personality is going to send this organization into the future with wins. Yeah, I, I, uh, I think you're right. And I don't know if, you know, what's interesting about the guys you mentioned, they feel young to me. That's true. No, that's true. You're, <laughs> you're know, absolutely right. They don't feel old. And so maybe that's, I know they've been around a bit. Absolutely. Um, speaking of being around, how about Bill Belichick? He's outwardly saying now that the cap is a big problem. Yeah. And for their failure. Of all people to start yapping and making <laughs> excuses, Bill Belichick's going to start doing this? Hey, by the way, doesn't Bill Belichick, like, push every button in that building? Doesn't it feel like it? Did he help create the cap the way it is? Well, absolutely. Listen, like, since when is Bill Belichick going on, like, local r- radio shows here and, like, doing interviews? 
Like, I think he, he dropped that news like on an interview and for a radio station. So I'm not sure what's going on. might have a weekly thing. That's what Brady did. Brady had a weekly deal with them. Yeah, but so. hey, Brent, this is Bill Belichick, though. I mean, come on. Well, he's doing Subway commercials, about? man. Uh, that's a dang good point. That's a dang good you know point. What, you know, I'll give you, <laughs> hey, you know what's so funny? <laughs> so my mom, I told my mom about the Patriots a little bit. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> this is funny, too. I'll tell you, I had a conversation with my mom on Saturday. I was like, well, at least the Jaguars won't lose this weekend, Mom. She's like, oh, why? Are they playing somebody that's not very good? Yeah. I was like, no, Mom, they're on a bye. Themselves. They're not playing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she kind of thought it was pretty funny. No, that's awesome. Funny. So, See, that's uh, great. But uh, the what else she said was she's like, man, it feels like Bill Belichick is talking a lot. Like, he won't stop talking now. Yeah. Like, he's in news conferences. He's talking so much. And she's kind of pulling for, like, she. it's funny. It's like the temperature in New England where some people feel like, and keep in mind, mom's, like, very casual here. She's not even, like, a Patriots fan, but she's just seeing, like, headlines and sure. newscasts and stuff. And she's like, well, Tom Brady left, so it's time to root for Belichick, you know, because Tom Brady's whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's just kind of funny that she's she's like, well, I wish they would have done better so Bra- Belichick wouldn't look bad in this whole uh, yeah. thing. But most everybody else kind of is like, yeah, screw Belichick and the Patriots. It's well, about time they had some misery. Right? Well, and it's funny, too, because I – and listen, maybe because, once again, I'm, I'm a casual observer of the Patriots organization, but they have been shoved down my throat, it feels like, the past decade and a half. But with that being said, though, I feel like the whole – the whole attitude of that team changed after Cam's game where he only threw, like, you know, 10 passes for completions, right? Like, where it was the horrible game, they get beat by Denver. Like, I feel like ever since that Denver game, that attitude shifted where it's like, whoa, excuse over here, excuse over here. And it was like, well, all of a sudden, Stephon Gilmore might be on the trading block, you know? Yeah. Like, I just feel like after they lost that Broncos game, and they kind of, I guess, got it in themselves, like, listen, if we can't beat the Broncos, we're not going to do anything, you know, in the playoffs. So let's just go ahead and reset it again. Like that's the kind of vibe that I get right now from, from you know, the Patriots. Now keep in mind they played a very good Buffalo, or at least a decent Buffalo Bills team. We'll talk about them, you know, this week later on. Um, they kind of took them to the limit a little bit, but I'm just surprised, like you said, that the excuses from Bill Belichick and what we're seeing from this Patriots team, like of all teams, to have excuses and say, well, this is why we're not winning. It's crazy that, that we're taking that kind of narrative right now. Yeah, and listen, again, I feel like he – listen, they did go after it. They were up against the cap, and sometimes you have to reset. I don't think anybody blames the Patriots for dropping back a little bit. I mean, come on. They lost Brady. It, they've won for so long. I mean, they've got a leash here. Yeah. But I just don't know if you want to start hearing the Belichick excuses, um, you know, about the cap and all this stuff. I mean, every – Right? Everybody says around here, wait a minute, we could afford all those guys. Look at the Rams. There is no cap. Yeah. Well, the Patriots could have done some of that, too. Now, I do think the Patriots got a little bit um, mixed up on all the opt-outs. You know, what they have, like eight of them? Correct. You know, so they, they now had all this money freed up where they didn't expect to have money freed up and... You know, whatever. But they, they, listen, they waited on the quarterback situation. They didn't do anything. Belichick didn't move on the QB situation. They didn't even try to get anybody until Cam Newton came along for like a million bucks. Yeah. Like, they didn't go crazy in the draft. They didn't really try to work, it didn't look like, at least from the outside. So they just sat on their hands a little bit on the, and, and I think Belichick now in hindsight's like, oh, well, that didn't work out. But we knew that was boom or bust with Cam Newton. It was either going to work or it wasn't. I think at least most people uh, figured that. Hey, let's uh, do two things before we end the show. Let's get it. Uh, one, let's reset. Uh, Jake Luton is going to be the guy this week for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, he goes from not even backing up Gardner Minshew to being the starter on Sunday against Houston. Here's Doug Marone talking about the decision. 
you know, Jake's done a nice job. So I think Jake has a, a, a high ceiling and, you know, that's what, you know, that's my opinion of him. You know, I think um, not to take anything away from Mike, I got a ton of respect for him. And I told it to Mike and I just said, you know, I, I just want to see where, where this kid's at. So that's Doug Marone talking about Jake Luton. He'll be the guy. Mike Glennon will be the backup. Gardner Minshew inactive. We're not sure how long he'll be out. Uh, we go back and forth on this, this Luton thing and what it means. <laughs> yeah. But the bottom line is we all agree, and I think all the fans agree, this is the right move. We want to see this move. We'd much rather see Jake Luton in there than Mike Glennon. Yeah, without a doubt, because once again, it's the boomer bust um type of play here and if you're Doug Marone if you're Dave Caldwell I feel like he gives you the best shot of where let's say you you pull the trigger on him and he turns out to be this all-world quarterback we know that's something to point at and be like hey look at look at six round back-to-back years look what we have here now thanks to us right I mean we saw him kind of flex a little bit with James Robinson they would definitely flex on another six-round quarterback as well if he performs well but once again it's ultimate boomer bust guy doesn't have any preseason games underneath his belt um they're kind of throwing the fire a little bit but it's kind of like we talked about earlier on the show pressure can either make diamonds or it can burst pipes we'll find out with luton my goodness how many times are we going to talk about that we're talking about weber under pressure talking about luton under pressure Gosh, Do we get a plumbing company to sponsor the burst pipe segment of the day? <laughs> I like that. Weber, we're taking you out on a sales call, my friend. Yep. That's it. I mean, Come on, on top of on. the... I mean, Who owns a plumbing business? Or a diamond company for the, uh, you know, make diamonds. And, and on top of the instructional video that we're going to have come out with Coos, Brent, and myself, where we talk about what to do in a football fight, I mean, we have a lot of money-making opportunities here, everybody. Get uh, on board. I mean, come on. Let's go. Uh, Brent Martineau here at San Jose Country Club. We're wrapping things up. Uh, one other thing. Trade deadline tomorrow. Yeah. We saw Desmond King get moved for like a six-round pick, the Titans. Way. Of course the Titans the, get him. Well, of course. But listen, Desmond King is getting moved for a reason. He hasn't been playing well. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, no, yeah. why do we, we get wrapped up in names, don't we? Yeah, we do, but he's also a former All-Pro, Brent, right? And sometimes a change of scenery can do the body good. So, so what's Xavier Rhodes? No, hey, I understand. I'm not saying it's foolproof. I'm just saying sometimes a change of scenery can do the body good. Quad we did Alexander. see a uh, former former Jaguar got traded today as well. Who was that? Ely Anku. Oh, he did move? Headed to Dallas. Well, Okay, from Houston? Is that, was that is correct. Houston, right? And, yeah. and I'm going to say, too, it begs the question, how injured is Christian Fulton? Because now Desmond King kind of taking over Christian Fulton a little bit. Christian Fulton playing at a a decent, a high level, I'm going to say. <laughs> a very high a very high level, I'm going to say. Did so you bring it, this up? So I can't believe the, he brought this up, Weber. How that? did Trevon Diggs do last hey, night? Did, did, how did Diggs you do, do last night? night? Conversation right now. Hey, let's do it. Two conversations for Trevon Diggs. How much to give up? How I don't care. You, you better care. Hey, Probably one. Listen. Stinks. Oh no, no, it was more than one touchdown he gave up. Brent, I'll take the guy who's consistent, who shuts down the pass. Given, uh, I'm like, hey, I like Boomer Bus at my quarterback position, not at my corner position. I'll okay? take the guy who's stuck on the COVID nineteen list. <laughs> That's not his fault. All right? He's a casualty of COVID-19 right now. How dare you? A little respect from you, please. Do the Jaguars make any moves? Should they make any moves in the next day? I mean, if you get Christian Fulton, go get him. But obviously, the <laughs> Titans like him a lot. So, obviously, where this team is at right now, um, you know, they're, they're not playing to win game. Well, you, I mean, they're still playing to win games. But, obviously, the playoffs are the question. I think you see moves from teams that are playoff-capable. The Jaguars are not one of them, so I don't see any moves being made for the Jaguars. Yeah, listen, I'm not – they have so many young guys. The whole Desmond King thing, If it, I don't care that they didn't go get Desmond King right now. I, I just 
I, I don't care about that. I'd rather them play young guys and see what they have in, in some of these young players. They have so many corners that are young that they drafted or picked up. Let's see what Luke Barku can do and other mm-hmm. guys like that, you know? Um, I don't think they're going to make a move. I don't really think they have that many tradable guys. I would think a Chris Conley could go, but I'm not trading my captain away with this young football team down the stretch of a miserable season. Uh, so I don't think the Jags are going to be active. They have plenty of draft picks anyway. Well, if anything, I would go get a piece that might help me for the next couple years. Brent, let me bring up this one name and I'll get your opinion about him. Keelan Cole. Yeah, I, if you if you could, but yeah, buy uh, sell high, right? Buy low, sell yeah, high. Yep. He could be a buy low, sell high guy. So I would think about it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no doubt. Uh, all right, that's going to do it. We're here at the Unconquered Golf Tournament. A lot of Florida State fans out here playing some golf at San Jose Country Club. And uh, that will do it here on a Monday. We've got Jags Report Live coming up at 7 o'clock on Fox 30. So we'll hustle back and do a little TV and talk more about this Jake Luton situation on the TV side. Thanks to Stuart Weber and, of course, Austin Lane back in the Action Sports Shack Studios. We'll do it again tomorrow live, local, loud. Coming up next, FSU Coaches Show at 9 o'clock on ESPN 690. <laughs>